Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Champions League champion episode of the Talking Blues podcast with champions of Europe. London is blue, England is blue, Europe is blue, and Chelsea, and not not light blue, dark blue, because Chelsea have won the Champions League final in the 1-0 score prediction that I predicted. I think Peter also predicted it, so there you go. And we are sitting here, now champions. That's all I have to say. I'll send it to my two co-hosts. Mm, where do I start? I mean, like, it's awesome. Uh, I think if I we recorded this, like, right after the game or, like, a few hours after the game or even, like, the same day as the game, if you're confused, we're recording this the day after the game, I, it'd be so different, my thoughts and everything, because I'd be, like, on such a high, and I still am, because it's just crazy that, like, even after this season, which has like been one of the weirdest seasons ever, we sacked our manager midway through the season. We were at like tenth in the table. We end up winning the Champions League, right? The biggest competition you can win, probably besides the World Cup. But as as a club, that's the biggest competition you can win. And I mean, it's just awesome, right? It's a second one. Still, no one else in London has one, but we have two. I mean, I don't understand how anybody can say anything other than. Uh, uh, then London is blue, even if Arsenal, oh, Arsenal did a double over us, so, oh no, it, too bad we won the Champions League, I don't care if you did a double over us, we got top four and won the Champions League, it doesn't matter, uh, but it's just awesome, right, it, it's just such a big accomplishment, especially for Tuchel and Thiago Silva, especially, I think, uh, they just really, 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 really deserved it, obviously, they both came in, 
and really fixed a lot of things. I mean, Thiago Silva fixed our defensive problems. Tuchel came in when we were very struggling to, when we were struggling to score and struggling to keep out less than three goals a game. He came in, fixed the defense, uh, brought in a system that worked. He knew the players. He worked well with the players. He has a good chemistry with the players. Um, and then, obviously, they lost in the final last year with PSG. They come here, and they win it this year. And I think they deserve that. I think Aspie also deserves to lift the trophy. He is officially now, like, even though he was before, he is officially now, like, a Chelsea legend, like a Chelsea, 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 Chelsea legend, legend, like, it's on a new level. And, I mean, so is basically everyone that played in that game. And I, one person I want to point out is Engodo Kante is, I mean, he already would have been. But now I think you have to put him up there with some of the best Chelsea players that have ever played for the club. I mean, he's won with us the Champions League, the Premier League, the Europa League. And I mean, not even this, but he won the World Cup with Francis, not with us. But I mean, the things he's won and how well he plays, it's crazy. And I think he has to be up there for in the Ballon d'Or conversation. Not right now. I think it's definitely a chance that he will be in the conversation, but I don't think he has a chance to win it. He needs to play well in the Euros. And if France get to the final or win the final or do well at least enough, well enough, and he plays well in those games, I think he has a real shot. Because, I mean, he won, I think it was four or five straight Man of the Match, UEFA Man of the Match awards to get to the final and then won the final and got a UEFA Man of the Match award. And that's, like, unheard of. I don't think I've ever seen somebody do that. And, I mean, it's content, man. I mean, you don't even have to say anything else. Um it's just awesome. And I mean, I'll point out some stuff. We got the game because I always do this. I pick out, I point out some players individually. I think one person I want to point out is Andreas Christensen, who, when Thiago Silva got injured, me and Alex were texting during this. And then Alex said, I, he thought that he was going to make a mistake. Alex said that he thought he was going to make a mistake and we were going to tie and then go to extra time. But in fact, he did so much, so much better than even I thought. I thought he. Wouldn't make a mistake, but he wouldn't play well. But, I mean, he played very, very well. He had a crucial block towards the end, and I think it was a Foden shot. That was probably would have been a goal. I mean, Antonio Rudiger also played amazing again. He Towards the beginning, he had a great uh, goal-saving tackle. Uh, Reese James played incredible. Uh, as we play, Everybody just played great. I mean, especially Reese James and Ben Chihuahua. The wingbacks completely, uh, I think they dominated. Uh, I wouldn't say dominated, but they won the matchups against... Uh, well, Reese James against Sterling. Reese James completely pocketed Sterling and still had a lot of what to offer going forward. Same with Ben Chilwell. I wouldn't say as pocketed uh, Mars as much as he did as Reese James did Sterling, but Ben Chilwell certainly had a very, very, very good game going forward as well. Uh, Jorginho, who I said in the podcast, if they play like they played uh, in against Aston Villa and against Arsenal, uh, that we would lose because they played terrible. I think he played extremely well. He kept the ball well. He had some creative turns. He did everything you would want Jorginho to do in that role. I already pointed out Conte. He was my man of the match. I'll say it. I mean, I want to give my man of the match to Tuchel, honestly, but I technically I can't. But we'll get to why I want to give it to Tuchel after I talk about all the players. I think the front three... I think that's our best front three going forward, unless we sign people, uh, for, unless we bring in someone like Lukaku or Haaland or Harry Kane. But I think Kai Havertz is really, really, really starting to show his potential. I mean, 
he's played very, very well in the past few games where he's been fit. Obviously, I th- I think I said this. I think he would have started against Villa. I think we would have played better with him there if he wasn't injured in that game. But he came on as a sub, played well, got us deserved a spot in this Champions League final to start up front. He scored a great goal, and I do have to say that that was what a pass for Mount. That was crazy. He's just incredibly good. It's awesome to see how like good of a player. I think Mount is better than Foden. You can see from this game. Just gonna throw that out there, and I mean. Sure, it's debatable. I think you could definitely say Foden is definitely better than him at some, uh, it's in some places. But Mount has consistently performed better on bigger stages and better in general. But that's all on Mount because I mean he just had a great game, and that's just to a standard. It's not even crazy that he's having a good game and making passes like that because that's just as usual now. And then Timo Werner, yes, he missed a few chances, but I do want to point out on the goal. Uh, I think the goal all stemmed from him. Obviously, he didn't score the goal. He didn't make the great pass Mount made. He didn't go around the keeper. But the run he made to free up space for Kai Havertz's run, that was what created the chance for the goal. He made a kind of a curving run out towards the wing, which pulled Ruben Diaz way out of position and left Havertz offsides and a giant space to run through the center. Sure, it was very tough for Mount to find that pass and Havertz to score the goal, but... Yeah, all was stemmed from Warner. And although he misses chances, and although he brought him in as a goal scorer, he's doing everything but that, but he's doing everything else well. He's working really hard. He's winning the ball back. He gives the ball away sometimes, but he does it while trying to create things. He makes these runs which free of space for other players. I mean, that's why he's starting. He's not starting because Tuchel thinks that he's suddenly going to rediscover his goal scoring form in one random game after it's been off. He knows that his runs and just the threat of his pace can create so many chances. And I think I covered all the players now. Uh, Mendy, Mendy, I will say. Uh, I mean, he didn't really have to do anything in this game, but I mean, he has he tied the record for the most clean sheets in the Champions League in his debut season. Season he was the first African goalkeeper to make it to a UCL final and the first African goalie to win the UCL final. I mean, just incredible season and incredible signing, and I want to thank Petr Cech for that. That was his signing. Well, it wasn't obviously wasn't his signing, but he was the one that told the Chelsea board to sign him. And I think this is something we will talk about in a later episode, of in a, probably in a week or two when we talk about transfer targets. But uh, Gianluigi Buffon, the Milan goalkeeper, is obviously on a free, and there's been reports linking us to him in the past. But and he's it obviously to be a free transfer instead of paying something like Kepa's fee. So that's an interesting thing. We have Mendy. Would we want him? But I won't talk about that now. I just want to congratulate Mendy on a great season. Didn't have to do much in this game. Made the saves he was required to. Kept the ball when he was required to. Played well. Played a great season. And then finally, my last thing I'll say before I wrap this up, is that Thomas Tuchel is a tactical genius. He beat Pep Guardiola, who is many considered to be the best coach in the world, three separate times. And each time it wasn't the players that outplayed Man City players. It was the, it was his tactics. It was a masterclass every single occasion. He completely outcoached Guardiola. His tactics in each game were sure. Maybe you could say in the first two games, their players weren't the players they would play in the final. They weren't, but ours weren't either. And then in the final, sure. You could say he overthought it. He put Bernardo Silva at CDM or something instead of putting Fernandinho or Rodri. Sure, he overthought it. But guess what? Once they came on, who kept playing better? Chelsea. Tuchel is just a great, great coach. And I hope that we, 
I mean, Fabrizio Romano has already reported that we're looking to sign him to a long-term extension. I Hopefully we do. Hopefully, even if we give him a summer transfer window, that we can he can sign people that fit his system. He can sign some new players. And I think we can win it again next year. We obviously showed we can win it this year. I think we can challenge for the Prem. We've shown that we can beat these big, big teams that are in the top four. I think it's possible. But last thing, I did say that was a last thing, but last, last thing, it feels great to be the champions of Europe once again. London, Europe, everywhere. Well, not everywhere yet, but Europe is blue. And London will forever be blue. And that is my closing statement. You know, it's it's been a while since I've appeared on the podcast, and I'm very excited to be appearing. Um, I, it's just really exciting. The Champions League, it's just been so long since we've done well in this competition. Being able to actually win it, it's just crazy. Obviously, 2012, you know, that was, you know, I was younger at that point. I didn't really understand what the heck was going on. I just knew, you know, there's a team that I supported, but there, I didn't really get the emotional connection to it. But this one just felt so special, the way we, you know, just went through these knockout stages, whether it was against Atletico Madrid and then Porto and then Real Madrid. And just the way that we played throughout um, this whole Champions League run was just truly impressive. And obviously in the final, being able to edge out Man City. I don't care what people say. Yes, Pep Guardiola made a little bit of a mess of it. He overthank it a little bit in terms of what um, he was doing tactically. But, you know, Tuchel did a great job, like Peter mentioned. I mean, Kai Havertz is going down in the Chelsea history books now. No matter, you know, how he turns out, he'll forever be remembered as, you know, the winner for this game, uh, for Chelsea to win their second Champions League. Mason Mount, I mean, every player was sensational um, on the, uh, yesterday. It was just, it was a great performance. I don't even know what to say. Just the unit defensively, N'Golo Kante especially. I mean, I got to point him out. Like I, like you said, Peter, I think Ballon d'Or is not something that you can take away from him at this point. I think he's definitely one of the front runners. Do I think he'll get it? Probably not. But if France win the Euros, he puts in a good shift during the Euros and starts next season off well, I definitely see him being up there. And he's definitely the best. He, he's probably... I know this is a bit controversial at the moment, but I think, you know, we'll have to wait a couple of years, but I think he could be the best defensive midfielder of all time. Um, you know, at least for Chelsea, obviously, you know, even at Chelsea with SEN, Makalele, I think that's tough to say. Um, but yeah, it's N'Golo Conte is absolutely a sensational footballer. And, you know, his story coming from the League Two in France, the Leicester, and then winning Premier League with them, and then Chelsea coming here for what, only 30 million? Yeah, you know, everyone talks about how Leicester got him for only 9 million. We got him for 30 million after he won the Premier League and was probably Leicester's player of the season, uh, if you didn't count Mares and Vardy, uh, who often, you know, kind of stole the show from him. You know, I think that's going to be a move that's remembered and definitely a good value pickup for Chelsea. And I was very happy when we got him a few years ago. And my God, he is certainly not washed. Um, he's getting up there in age, but, you know, a few more years, I think he's got it for sure. And Chelsea, it sounds like, are offering him a new contract as well. Uh, I believe a three-year extension, so that'll be good. But yeah, so exciting. Tuchel's getting an extension as well. I think Peter mentioned that already, it sounds like. Um, which, you know, it's exciting. And I'm just so, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just like, you know, it's kind of been like a dream. I didn't really think, you know, after each stage, <laughs> after each stage against Atletico Madrid, it was like, yeah, we're not really the favorites here. 
you know, maybe we'll win. We'll see. And then, you know, obviously Porto, I think we were the favorites. So we did advance through there. And then Real Madrid, that was definitely a tall task as well. And then obviously probably the biggest task here in the finals, winning against Man City. Um, but yeah, it was just absolutely a beautiful day. Um, and in the stadium in Porto, you could not hear a single Man City chant or whatever. It was all Chelsea fans and you did not hear a single, you know, Man City cry. <laughs> you didn't hear them at all. They, even though there were probably more Man City fans due to the fact that they like flew them all out for free, um, you know, all five of them. And, you know, it was just sensational from the Chelsea fans there. And it was really cool seeing all the players after the game celebrating with the fans and obviously all the locker room celebrations or the dressing room celebrations. And it's just, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, watching and then seeing Aspi lift the trophy was just, it was just a special moment. Um, and, you know, something that we're, you know, I mean, hopefully we'll see again very soon, but definitely something I won't take for granted. Yeah. And, and talking about N'Golo Kante, I, I'm stealing a few things now. I'm about to steal a few things from a few different places. I don't know where they were from exactly, but maybe it was the CBS broadcast that was saying that, you know, obviously N'Golo Kante, always players will be, especially with the internet now and Twitter and Instagram and Google, obviously, with all the websites and sources. There will always be rumors for every player about transfers, but now Kante is just valueless. Like, he's there is no value that Chelsea should get that's just above what Kante is. He's an amazing player and he's an unbelievable talent on the pitch and there's no way we need to give him up uh, at this point he's just rock solid and I and I did not you know right in the beginning I kind of just wanted to let you guys talk I did not give credit to the amazing back line with the saves that they had from Asby diving saves to Christensen diving saves to Rudiger diving saves it was it was sensational it really was and obviously Mendy had a save or two in there but that back line, especially Christensen, I want to give a little bit of praise to. I had him in my lineup prediction. Didn't really go my way there. Obviously, we had like the Reese James, uh, Asby, right center back, right wing back type thing. Uh, but then for for one Silva, uh, for him to get injured, and you know, I felt really bad for Thiago Silva. Obviously, he's getting older in age. Who knows if he'll reach another Champions League final again? But for him to you know, get out at that certain point. Obviously, we knew that Conte and Mendy weren't fit, and they obviously were able to get fit by the game because, you know, they really wanted to play. For Silva to get injured in the game, try to get back, not able to, uh, and then for Christensen to step in and play as well as he did really showed, I think, how that Chelsea uh, season in the Champions League really worked out. And another thing I want to talk about is imagine uh, Thomas Tuchel going into his interview when they were interviewing coaches after... Uh, Frank Lampard came and, you know, was ready to go out. And Thomas Tuchel comes in and he's like, all right, listen, Abramovich, I'm going to solidify top four for Chelsea in the Premier League. I'm going to come and I'm going to reach an FA Cup final. I'm also going to win in the Champions League. All right, just just listen to me. That, those three things are going to happen. For me, I think uh, Abramovich would be like, get the hell out of my office. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're a crazy man right now. We're trying to, you know... Stay top four. We've had a rough past few games. Like, you're out of your mind. Uh, and for Tuchel to come in and play so well as he, you know, have his team play so well that he did, especially in the beginning, he made sure to play all of his players to their strengths. He found the perfect lineup for Chelsea and used it in this game. Um, we remember we saw Marcus Alonso at left wing back. We saw Hudson Adoy come in, right? He was trying all of these uh, players, and he finally found what worked. And he found it quickly. 
right? He's coming in mid-season and trying to do that. And he found it as quickly as possible and was able to play successful with all of them there. So I would just like to give Tuchel credit. Um, and yeah, obviously, like both of you mentioned, to see Asby lift the trophy is amazing. Uh, and to see some players that are a bit on the older side get to win this, such as Silva, such as uh, Asby, like we've been talking about, you know, and um, Edouard Mendy as well with his story and coming into Chelsea and having such a great season. So I'd like to give that up to him and N'Golo Kante, of course, as well. And then you always got to love to see Christian Pulisic miss that chance. We should have had that chance. That should have been a goal for him. Um, but for him to come in, first American player to play in a Champions League final, is, uh, you know, history was made there. Uh, and obviously he was repping the U.S. men's national team uh, wearing like the the hoodie after uh, they won, which is very, very special. So great for him and great for a few players. Uh, I Tammy Abraham I saw there, which was kind of bittersweet because it's like he, I'm sure, knows that it won't be the best future for him at Chelsea after the season, and he's most likely going to be on a transfer. But I, I would say he gets a pretty free Champions League trophy. Obviously, he helped out a little bit in the beginning, but not you know that much, obviously, towards the, the later stages. Um, but but great for them. Great for the whole Chelsea squad. Obviously, Aguero, that's a big story, too, on the opposite side. The last game with Man City's a loss. I also think that's a great picture I saw. Once Chelsea were lifting in the trophy, Pep Guardiola was still on the pitch and he was walking off. That would be a great picture to have him, you know, in front of the Chelsea players lifting the trophy. So I'm still been waiting for that picture to surface. I'm sure someone will have that. I'll see that somewhere. But um, yeah, just great overall effort. And we're champions. And I just like to say, did either of you guys think that uh, in our first season of doing this podcast, I know it took 65 episodes to get here. At 65 is a lot of episodes, right? We've done a lot of work here, but who would have thought that in our first season, we were lucky enough uh, for this podcast in our first season to reach an FA Cup final. I know it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but still to reach that point and be uh, champions of Europe. I think that's a pretty big thing to happen in our first season. We didn't have to really rid around uh, that much for it. So let's take it in as much as we can here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, all, all the celebrations after the game were just funny. Obviously, Kai Havertz was just very odd after the game. You could see in the dressing room. I don't know what was going on in Mason Mount's Instagram story there that he had with him, but something weird's going on. I'm not sure if he drank too much. He's just on a high of winning the Champions League final, probably what it is. I don't know what I don't know what's going on there, but there was definitely some interesting celebrations. Rudiger was kind of going crazy with the dancing. Kurt Zuma also uh, with Willie in the dressing room as well. So there was a lot of fun celebrations. And then Tuchel took off his shoes and they poured champagne into it. And Marcus Alonso was drinking out of his shoes. It was an interesting, uh, interesting few hours there after the game. And it looked like they had a party as well, uh, even after. And then this morning, uh, as he posted a picture I saw on Twitter and on Instagram, of him having coffee with the Champions League trophy, which is really cool, uh, in the hotel in Porto. And obviously, they're on their way home now back to London. I'm sure there'll be some celebrations when they return. Uh, and it's just a whole – it's very exciting, and I'm just really proud you know, to be a Chelsea fan. And, you know, the one of my favorite pictures from the night, because obviously there's so many great uh, images from last night, is the academy uh, players all uh, next to the trophy, which was really cool. Uh, was Mason Mount, Abraham, uh, who else? Andrew Billy Gilmore, Christensen, uh, Bruce James. I'm probably forgetting someone else, but 
uh, yeah, uh, Callum Hudson Adoy. It was just a really cool picture, and it was made in Cobham. So it's just it's a really it was a really neat night, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just very happy. I don't even know what to say. It's just my excitement pouring out, but I'm just excited that we won. And you know, London is truly blue, and uh, at least England is blue, dark blue temporarily, at least. But yeah, London is blue, and I think it will be for quite a while. I mean, I said it earlier and you just said it now and I'll say it again. You basically summed it up. London is blue and will forever be blue until at least, I mean, what other London team even has a chance to win the UCL with their state right now? I don't think any of them do. So I think it might be forever be blue. I think two is enough to last at least another like 300 years before they can figure their stuff out. So, and I mean celebrations that was great to see i loved conte with the trophy that was my favorite he was so happy uh, there's also a video of him with his family which is very 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 cute i mean he's just a great guy man he deserves everything i mean i'm so glad and i didn't say this earlier but i think i'm very glad that we won this for Giroud. i mean it's most likely pretty much 100 percent will be his last season with us he's done so much for us he was obviously our leading goal scorer in this competition uh he didn't play in the final didn't play in the semi-final or maybe he came on as a sub in those games not in the final though but i mean him as peter agusilva all the older players who might not have a chance to play in another ucl final to win it for them that for the people that haven't won it before is just great they they get to add this to their accolades they got to witness it they get to see what they feels like they get to see what it feels like and for the younger players I think this is also beneficial. Obviously, like you said, Alex Latino Andrew was there, Billy Gilmore left in the trophy. Now they know what it feels like, and now they're going to want to do it again. That's going to give them more motivation to win again. And I mean, I think it's possible we can do that. But that is for the next season to to, to determine. We will see on the next season when we are doing this podcast. Hey, and we're right now we're one for run on years during the podcast that we're. <laughs> And we won the UCL. Maybe it'll be two for two, three for three. What about four for four? I mean, you never know, right? Well, I mean, I doubt that, but you never know. And the last statement is just, I mean, I actually, I don't even have a last statement because I pretty much said it all. But uh, I just want to say thank you to Tuchel. Thank you for just basically, I mean, also thank you to Frank Lampard, who we wouldn't have been in this situation to be even be in the competition without him. Thank you to Lampard and thank you for Dougal for, for, for this. Dougal especially getting us through the tough, tough, tough parts of the season, uh, studying our ship. And Frank Lampard for getting us here from the last season, getting us through the group stage, although we didn't end up how we wanted it to, and I don't think we would have won it with him. He still deserves some credit for this, although not a lot, because Dougal did the most of it. But thank you to both of them. You brought, you brought the Champions League back to London, where it belongs. I mean, just thank you, and hopefully you stay for a long time, and this summer transfer window, you can bring in enough people that we can challenge again, and I think it's possible, but we'll see. So just thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'm so glad that we are now champions of Europe once again. And now to wrap up this episode, I think we should just say I, uh, I thank you, I thank you guys, Peter and Alex, you guys have stuck around for, now we're at 65 episodes of this podcast, I'm looking back now from... September 1st of this, uh, or last year, I should say, of 2020, where we had a transfer news recap episode to go all the way through the season. Uh, and from our, you know, 
crazy blown minds from when Frank Lampard was uh, sacked as manager. I remember that episode still in my mind. Um, and just to this point of at the end of the season, you guys are still here. So I appreciate it. Um, and you will still be here throughout the summer and into next season. Um, you know, so thank you to the listeners as well. We really appreciate it. Um, next week, I think we'll do some Premier League stuff. We'll have to figure it out. Obviously, we have Euros coming up as well, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit. As we know, um, some Chelsea stars from the club will be uh, on the England squad especially and uh, some other squads as well. So we'll be able to talk about some Euro stuff. I think we'll go over our Premier League tables and how they shaped out. But for right now, um, just take it in for for the rest of this week because this will probably be our only episode for, for this week that Chelsea have won. They have won the Champions League and they're champions of Europe. We'll say it once again. Uh, Please subscribe wherever you're listening. Drop a rating if you feel like it. I'm going to leave it optional now. Uh, And follow us if you also feel like it on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod. But just for the rest of the week, listen to this episode. Take as long as you need. Take the week. Take the month. Because you are part of a Chelsea team that are champions of Europe. That's going to be it for me. I'm Josh, and I've been joined by my co-hosts, Peter and Alex, and we will see you for an episode coming from the podcast that support the team that are champions of Europe. See you next time. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.